1: Nothing! Alright,
0: here goes nothing. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, Episode 1, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said, we had a different idea for a podcast. Everyone's doing something, we'll do nothing. They said, what's your wrestling podcast about? We said, nothing. And thankfully they said, we think you may have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me this week and every week here on out is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars, the Irresistible Force, the Immovable Object, the one-time check magnet... The Kingpin, Brian Malonis.
2: Yeah, I think you could have done a little better with that introduction, Mike. Uh, I mean, really, I need no introduction. Uh, there are literally hundreds of fans in the greater New England area <laughs> who know exactly who I am and what I'm all about. So, uh, you know, but work on that for uh, episode two, please. Uh, Maybe
0: even two or three hundred. Well, you did say hundreds. I, I
2: have over, over 800 followers on Twitter. Over. <laughs> What's your Twitter account? It's at Brian Malonis.
0: Oh, I'm at Crocsocks. I I'm like I think I'm at 316 actually. Oh hell yeah! I'm at 316
2: right now. Wow! You should keep it there. You should you should keep it there. I,
0: I yeah. Anyone who anyone who follows me from here on out, I will be uh, immediately unfollow, blocking them. Is that how it happens? I haven't blocked anybody. Have you blocked anybody?
2: I've not blocked anybody. No no.
0: No, but uh, yeah okay. 316. We'll stick it there. We'll see how long we can stick there. Um, all right, so this is a wrestling podcast about nothing, folks, and today's show, this is kind of like, this is like a pilot. It's like uh, Jerry and George going to NBC. <laughs> I mean, we thought maybe we'd have the, um, we'd have a show, not a show for a, uh, a butler. A bu-
2: <laughs> Well, you get in a car accident, and... uh yeah, right.
0: <laughs> So this is the pilot, and uh, on the pilot, our pilot episode today, episode one, we're going to let you know a little bit more about us if you're not familiar. Um, I'm sure the hundreds that are listening right now as Kingpin brian malone's fans they are very well versed in in uh, their. Malone's. what do we
2: call uh Kingpin brian malone's fans mike crockett what oh, do we call them
0: they are the pinheads they
2: are the pinheads and there is
0: a a fine t-shirt that is uh, available in size extra small and uh children's <laughs> regular
2: it turns out i get it's a crazy thing uh you know uh, the pinheads are, are large people So uh, sold out of XL through 4X Rather
0: quickly whoa, 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 whoa. Lots of
2: smalls left though So I don't know what that says about uh, the pinheads But hey, we like to eat
0: But I was uh, awarded with my XL today uh, was that, That's an XL, right?
2: X, uh, yeah, yeah, you took the last XL I couldn't sell it uh, You know So hopefully you can squeeze into that.
0: Uh, Well, (laughs) who knows at this point. But uh, okay, so we'll tell you a little bit more about... Well, I mean, people might not know anything about me, which I don't blame them if they don't. So if they care, I'll briefly talk about myself as well. And we'll talk about how we became fans and how we got into this crazy biz they call wrestling show or something. And uh, we'll talk about what we can expect, what you can expect from the wrestling podcast about nothing. But before we get into that... Let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean, BDA radio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Is it uh, Big Dumb Apes? Uh, while that may be an accurate reflection of the staff of BDA Radio, really, BDA Radio means the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news. They break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. That's BDARadio.com. And I sounded like a real radio broadcaster, didn't I?
2: Right out of the gate, Mike. You're like a, you're like a pro. It's almost like you do nothing with your life but listening to podcasts and uh, SiriusXM radio.
0: It's That might be uh, accurate.
2: Which, well, if anybody from SiriusXM is listening, you think this is great. Uh, we are under- or no no contract whatsoever to bda so uh, hey
0: Wow, you're going to just up and leave already? where's we getting I got to go where the money is. I got to go where the money is, Mike. Understood. Uh, BDA Radio better come to the table really soon with a, uh, a generous offer if they want to keep us. <laughs>
2: better better than just the uh you know the uh the free chips and salsa, you know.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, they got to get the guacamole. That's that's for sure. That's an upcharge. That, oh, yeah, That comes out uh, of your salary. 205. 205 <laughs> extra for guacamole. Uh all right, so let's get into uh how we got here. How did we get here? Here to radio.com to the wrestling podcast about nothing, Brian Malonis, You are a longtime pro wrestling fan since your youth. I've seen photos of you as a young child in your Hulkamania t-shirt. Yeah,
2: I, I think I've been a wrestling. I don't. I don't know. Everybody like has this. Uh, everybody tells this story about this like visceral sort of moment where like I saw this and I became a wrestling fan. But I really just don't ever remember not being a wrestling fan really? and, and, uh, typically pro wrestling is something you, a lot of people, everybody likes when they're a kid and you grow out of it. Uh, not me though, not me. I, uh, <laughs> I decided to uh, dedicate my life to it, to, to abusing my body. And, uh, and now I think I'm, I'm so good at this and I'm going to give it a try on, uh, I'm a, I'm a podcaster. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think I grew up during the, the Hulk Hogan era. Um, I think so many people, my age group, loved Hulk Hogan and not, not many people want to admit it now because I think the in-vogue thing now is to like love these guys who are quote-unquote great workers with great work rates and move sets and all that
0: I'm Hulk Hogan too I remember uh, Wrestlemania 6 just uh, collapsing on my couch when uh, Hulk Hogan lost to the Ultimate Warrior I was
2: <laughs> devastated I <laughs> cried my eyes out uh, well, I was a
0: few more o- few years older I, I I mean maybe a single tear or two but I didn't fall out ball
2: <laughs> No, it was uh, it was a devastating moment. And uh, uh but yeah, I mean, so I mean I, my really fandom goes back to, you know, the mid eighties when I was five, you know, four, five, six years old. Uh I remember uh, you know, waiting for the video cassettes of, of WrestleMania I remember when I got the WrestleMania two video cassette and the old like vinyl uh, <laughs> I love you those know. vinyl
0: cases with all the Yeah, that popped open
2: and uh had the old L J. N figure. So that's kinda where um, that all goes back. Um, and then sometime I think around like junior high, um, wasn't, I kind of started to discover that there was something other than, you know, WWE and WCW out there. Um, junior high,
0: what what year was this around?
2: Listen, you're probably talking like, like 93, 94, 95. I'm terrible at math. So yeah, so, somewhere around there. Um, and there, there's these local independent shows. And, um, so we started kind of going to those with a couple of my buddies, um, In Manchester, New Hampshire, I remember seeing – a, a shows up there? Yeah, it's, it was at a place called St. Stan's Hall, which is uh, up, I don't know, you know if people are familiar with the geography of Manchester, New Hampshire. It's where the Verizon Arena is, like up behind a couple blocks up from there. Um, well, people listen to this
0: worldwide, so they might, they might <laughs> worldwide. not know about, they might not know about little, uh, Manchester, <laughs> New Hampshire, Manch Vegas, if you will. Exactly. Man <laughs> <Manch> Angeles. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember, it's funny because the, the main event, I remember the, the one of the shows I went to, the main event um uh, was between a guy who would later on become one of my trainers uh, Duke Stalton who at the time was outlaw Jim Cody versus uh, <laughs> a guy who was the trainer of many of uh, our colleagues uh, super bad Steve Bradley who was one of the first developmental guys with uh, with WWF back then And um,
0: I think about, I think a guy named Savano Souza uh, ran a lot of shows up in New Hampshire it was probably probably that guy that kind of ran a lot of those New Hampshire shows
2: I remember King, King Kong Bundy was on it, so I mean that was kind of the first the introduction to like some of like the the names of of the past kind of being on these smaller shows. But that was really my first, like, because I had no I had no idea anything outside of um, you know the the big promotions WWF uh, WCW. I mean, I, I watched AWA. I knew about World Class, um,
0: which uh, the afternoons on ESPN. Yeah, I think yeah. so.
2: Yeah, Heroes of World Class Championship Wrestling. Yeah,
0: like four p.m. weekdays on uh, ESPN. But um yeah, and I just so this
2: world kind of existed, and then one of my buddies, um, my buddy Cleon, um, decided he was he was a year older than me. Um, but once we got into high school, he actually decided to to train uh, at Killer Kowalski's. Um, so that's when I kind of first started to understand the path of actually getting into this. Like, because I mean, I think everybody again, everybody watches, but you don't know how to, you know, nobody. I I tell you what, I didn't think like. Oh, if I want to become a professional wrestler, I got to go to school.
0: Right, right. It, yeah, well, I think it's a little different these days with the uh, internet and such that I think people are a little more.
2: Everybody's yeah, everybody's more hip to it. You know what's out there. You know the indies. I mean, just look at the reactions to some of the guys um, recently who've debuted in, in WWE. Right. You know, um, who didn't have you know they they weren't didn't have the the WWE machine behind them, but when they debuted, people knew who they were.
0: AJ Styles, um, yeah.
2: So, yeah, but, I mean, the internet, I mean, when I was in high school, it was at his infancy. Um, so there wasn't, like, this big open world to it that, that I could just go and discover. It was and- all kind of natural discovery through, uh, you know, my buddy. Again, my buddy found it, and uh, he decided to sign up. And my really first experience to that whole thing was just going, watching watching the Saturdays and Sunday classes at Kowalski's, um, you know, and sitting there with Walter, Um you know, you heard him yell at yell at the guy's with Mike Hollow training them and um
0: sitting in his, his white folding chair <laughs> just in front of the ring, yeah.
2: And that's when I mean Walter was still um, you know, at that point, still a little bit mobile.
0: We still uh, get we get up in the ring and he, stuff.
2: Yeah, like that not one. the whole time, but occasionally get up in the ring, show right. guys different things. Is um, it the late
0: nineties at this point that you're talking about?
2: This is no, this is probably more like nine ninety six to ninety eight somewhere, yeah. somewhere in that range. Um I mean, I remember meeting um uh, Aaron Stevens, who's now you know Damian Sandow with WWE. I remember literally seeing him on his first day of class, the day he signed up. Um, I saw I
0: saw a picture from the uh, today or yesterday. Uh, Rick 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 Lannon, former. Uh Referee, he posted a picture of him, like just a little skinny kid, short yeah. <laughs> hair. Just you look like a, a rail. Yeah, yeah. But
2: yeah, I remember. I mean, literally, his first day of class and all these. I mean, Slick Wagner Brown, who's a guy who's who's made a name for himself, you mm-hmm. know, in the New England area. I remember meeting him when he first started, and um, you know, so just very, you know, I, for me, it was it's just being a fan of of professional wrestling. I mean, um, you know, Kowalski was one of those names. Killer Kowalski was one of those names. Everybody knew. You know, I mean, at that point, because again, no internet or whatever, I I don't think I'd ever seen a Killer Kowalski match, but I knew I knew who Killer Kowalski was.
0: Yeah, everyone knew him, but especially here in New England. Yeah,
2: Yeah. and you knew he trained Triple H. Right. um, You know, and um, I mean, it was just for me, it was just sitting there. Next to Walter Kowalski or Killer Kowalski, and just being in awe of this of this man, um, you know. And I remember specifically going to school and telling people that I knew I know I knew Killer Kowalski. I know Killer Kowalski. You mean, Walter, yeah, yeah, me, 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 and Walter. You know, we're we're pals. Um, but then, you know, finally, so finally, um, because my parents were never really crazy, but um, specifically my dad, not really crazy about the idea of me pursuing um, professional wrestling or anything. Um, and I'd gone to shows with um, with my buddy. He had started to work shows for. You
0: mean Rhett Coolidge?
2: Rhett Coolidge, uh, Clean Genetics, um, all, all those. Man good of many n- names, many yeah, talents, and, and man of many many names, and nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he worked a lot of shows, so I was really, you know, um, I, I'd go with him every weekend, and it was great because I, I loved it just from a fan standpoint of. This is great. I I, I love this. So <laughs> and uh,
0: the first shows you were going to they were the like yeah, the Tony Rumble shows, right? And um, England.
2: Um Oh, well, the first couple I went to were actually like um well I think they're Walter's shows. Um IWF? Uh I don't know if they were I maybe they called them IWF or whatever, but they weren't quite the big. I know Walter ran like some big shows back um,
0: yeah, that's when I first started coming around the early. Yeah. 90s, yeah. Um,
2: but this was kind of—I I mean, I remember it was like there's one like an outdoor show in like Bellingham, Mass. Outdoors? Yeah. <laughs> it was like it was at like this park. It was like a festival type thing. I don't remember specifically was, but I remember just being in Bellingham, Mass. And then um, I went to a—it was called—it was a knee—it was a charity show for needs, which that guy Freight Train Dan, who's a local guy, ran. I remember seeing, um, you know. Albert there, but he was the the Mongolian. It was like one of his last indie shows before going, you know, to WWF. Did he wrestle uh,
0: McNeely as Doink? I don't remember. I think remember. it was. Is it? I don't
2: remember it, who he wrestled.
0: What was the the it was a benefit right for?
2: Yeah, for it was the dog benefit. Like they I did think the
0: whole. I, I repped on that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They
2: did the whole thing, or I think somebody stole the dog or something, and Walter was on it. And that's those are the days of um, every independent promotion in the area had some form of NWO. I was just going to say that the <laughs> TWO in this case, right? it was the true world owner, The TWO. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like I think Bo Douglas in, in, uh, and. And Rumble. Some some local some local legends, if you will. Um, I wanna say Slick Wagner Brown was in it and Aaron Stevens worked that. Yeah, there's all
0: those guys that start were at Kowalski's at that time, the younger right.
2: guys. And they used to go up to Maine to the EWA shows, um up at the like Lewiston Armory, and like Rick Martell was on those, made and, famous
0: in the uh, MTV special. Yes, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm a pro wrestler. Or.
2: It is a little Easter egg for anybody uh, who's going to go back and watch that. There is a probably a 15 or 16 year old Brian Malone is just hanging out in the uh, background of the Tony Atlas scenes.
0: Where, where, <laughs> 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 did in, did not did in. <laughs> so, uh, I, uh, wait, was, wait, you were the, you were the kid that was crying because he uh, wanted to see, <laughs> no, t- no, I, no, see no, Tony wrestle? Kid, I wasn't
2: the kid that was, cr- yeah, that was my dad. that's his first show. You know? <laughs> no, that wasn't, but just me hanging out in the background. No, that's, um, a,
0: that's a deep cut for the people. <laughs> I don't know how many people actually remember
2: that. That's right. Go back and watch it. It's, it's gold. It it, it's, it's one of those, it's one, it's uh, so unintentionally funny. um
0: Who's got a cell phone? You got a cell phone? <laughs> Joey Gamash. Joey Gamash.
2: Um, but just yeah, so that was my exposure to it, and then finally, once I was, um, I was like nineteen, I think, and when I finally, I actually borrowed the money from, um, you know, a friend, of, a friend of mine's mom, and uh, and yeah, I, just, I signed. At this point, Mike Hollow had actually broken away from um, Killer Kowalski. Yeah, he, was, he was
0: the trainer at. He was the main trainer, right? At yeah, Kowalski's. Mike Hollow was a
2: guy who was a trainer at Killer Kowalski's, and then uh, he had moved over with um, with. Duke Stalton, um, and Jerry Bowser was Boston Brawler. Yeah, Boston Brawler, Jerry Bowser, who I was like deathly afraid of because he, he was a freaking sergeant, maniac. Right? Yeah. He's a maniac. <laughs> um, the drill sergeant might be a little <laughs> – Take it easy uh, on him. Yeah. yeah, he was a, a maniac. Um, but my buddy had had the loyalty to Mike – um,
0: so they started the chaotic training center yeah. in North Andover Mass.
2: And I actually sat in – I sat in um, – it was, it, was like, it was like September sometime, right around um, – Jesus, right around September 11th, like 9-11. Um, and it was not too long after the first Tough Enough because the, the first meeting at the school, Chris Nowinski was there. They um, had just – I, I want to say it was like the week after or something. where week
0: like, they finished filming that?
2: Right. Well, the, the week after like the finale. Oh, um, that it aired? Okay. Yeah. And um, – So, uh, of course, I was like, oh, my God, it was Chris Nowinski or Chris Harvard. (laughs) And uh, so it took me a couple months to actually get the money. And I started in November of 2001, Um, you know, and it was uh, was a long road. Um, I think everybody gets in. You're just like, well, I'm just going to be a professional wrestler. I went to school. Now I'll just go and I'll be on shows and I'll be great and I'll be awesome and – and it was a long, hard road of training and making mistakes. And uh, But you yeah.
0: had your first match, and everything went swimmingly, right?
2: Oh, yes, I had a five-star match the first time out. Perfect. Uh, or or uh, before the bell even rang, I uh, tore my meniscus jumping down from the second rope. <laughs> um. that's,
0: you don't celebrate before the match, Brian. That's, that's why these things happen.
2: Yeah, I um, – you know, and uh, yep, jumped down off the second rope, tore my meniscus, immediately told uh, uh Todd Fatpants Sinclair, Sen- ring of honor senior official Todd Sinclair, that I just hurt my knee. He was telling me to walk it off, and I was trying to walk it off. And uh, my opponent was uh, Billy Kryptonite, who um, some fans probably won't remember as Chad Dick. Of the Dicks. Of the yes. Dicks from uh, short lived WWE. Their cup of coffee on with. S-
0: SmackDown briefly in like the mid 2000s. Some, something like that. along those lines. They yeah, were very
2: it. very briefly um, notorious for getting fired for getting a fistfight with his tag team partner backstage. Uh, so they
0: say, yes. It's uh, unsubstantiated, <laughs> but yes.
2: If you know Chad, I, I don't think it's uh, too hard to. Uh, here, here's something special for the fans. Uh oh. You want to check out something funny? You want to see Chad Dick nowadays? <laughs> Look up the Amish it factor. I want to say there's a Amishitfactor.com, uh, although it could also be am,
0: am, am I shit factor?
2: Am I shit factor? We, but it's Amish it factor <laughs> as far as far as I know. There's some there's some pretty money uh, videos of him on YouTube as well. Um,
0: so Amishitfactor.com.
2: Amish it. So enjoy yeah. that. That's a special treat for anybody who remembers Chad Dick.
0: Then, and that's, that was Brian's first defeat in, in the uh, professional wrestling. First match, first defeat. Defeated
2: by myself, by Billy Kryptonite, by the, by the by business. <laughs> Defeated by all on, on the evening. And uh, one of the promoters of Chaotic at that point, there was like four or five owners, said that he'll never wrestle for us again.
0: Chad Dick will never wrestle for the. No, yeah, oh, okay. Brian.
2: Brian Buffet. Uh, oh boy, How, how'd you get that name? Yeah, uh, you know the the one of the owners thought it was funny because I was a big fat guy too, uh, and uh, so I was going to have this brother, this kid, this kid who went to the school with us, the Mighty Mini, who weighed like ninety five pounds. Like he was tiny, but he, I was going to be the, he was going to be the brother that ate everything, and I was going to, you know, he was going to deny me food, but I'm the big fat one, and wife beater and stains all over my shirt and because the Get it, because especially at that point the culture and chaotic was just make fun of people shit on them and give them stupid names and stuff that would stick on shows i was it's brian funny. buffet for um you know a few years which sucked um but you know whatever you overcame <laughs> yeah yes. you overcame
0: and you, and you had some uh some major highlights in your uh illustrious career (laughs) Uh, thus far yeah i mean i got to do a
2: lot of a lot of cool things through the school um you know through through the the promotion and the school um i mean some of the things just i mean chaotic is always very good at bringing in um guests you know tom pritchard or you know nova or tommy dreamer or um getting hooked up with jim kettner um down in ecwa um you know, I did a super eight tournament. I think I'm the only fat guy ever to be in the in the in the super eight was tournament. In the
0: record books did not say that. I, I, First, I, think, yes, fat guy?
2: I think so. First and only fat guy ever in the in the super eight. Well, I, mean, I mean, people know the super eight tournament. It's it's like, it was always yeah, like it was a like junior the heavyweight
0: original indie. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: um. So. Uh, You know, Jim Kettner invited me to do that. So I thought that was a really cool, um, really cool experience. You wrestled
0: um, Xavier Woods, right?
2: Yeah. um, Yeah. In the first round, he he, uh, he defeated me. Um, Not soundly,
0: but you put
1: (laughs) put quite the fight.
2: I did. I did. Yeah. That was, uh, I mean, just a really fun experience. Um, I mean, then just because of um, uh, John Cena Sr., uh, Johnny Fabulous was hooked up with Chaotic, and um, there was a benefit show we did with John Cena. Uh, and I just happened to be the chaotic champ at the time. And um, there's a funny story that goes along with that. Uh, what? You beaten <laughs> well, the champion? Uh, because old, no, no I, I would somehow uh, me ultimately ending up in the main event against, uh, against Rick Fuller because um, uh, Handsome Johnny uh, at the time, <laughs> but now Warbeard Hanson with. Uh, With Ring of Honor, Um, boy, I don't know if I don't know if Todd's gonna get mad at me for telling this story or not. Oh, bro, here we go, saddle up. (laughs) But um, uh, Johnny Fabulous had wanted the main event to be Rick Fuller versus versus uh, Handsome Johnny with John Cena as a special guest referee, Um, but Todd lobbied to wrestle Eugene. Um, You know, former WWE superstar Eugene, who was also on the show, uh, he wanted to wrestle the name, so I ended up in the main event spot against Rick Fuller with John Cena as a special guest referee, and uh, unbeknownst to everyone except for Johnny Fabulous and and John Cena, uh, Vince McMahon also made... Uh, in appearance, unexpectedly on that show.
1: <laughs>
2: I mean, just uh, I mean, imagine if you will, Mike Crockett, for a moment of uh, I, uh, okay, I'll close my eyes. <laughs> yes, yeah, so put put yourself in my position of right. uh, we you know we do this spot and uh, it's a double down spot and for you know, fans listening, if you don't know what a double down spot is, uh, use your imaginations when both wrestlers are or are, down. Are, are down. Two of them. <laughs> and um, you know, so I'm pulling myself up on the ropes and I turn around and there's a video of it all over YouTube. Um, you know, um, and
0: illegally obtained, video. <laughs> yes,
2: uh, filmed with a cell phone camera. Um, and I, I turn around and Vince McMahon is in the ring. And at first, like, I somebody's in the ring, and I didn't, you know, I'm just thinking, what the, what the hell, who's this in yeah. the ring? And then I kind of realize, and it's like, it almost goes into a moment where I was like, is this like, is this literally a dream? Because,
0: like, the, the little kid in the dentist's office, is this real life? <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs> because, I mean, who thinks. Vince McMahon is just going to all of a sudden appear on an independent show. I mean, already because I'm already in there with John Cena, who I who I knocked out with the chaotic wrestling championship belt. Yeah, yeah, just knocked him out. You know, you know what I'm saying. I hear you. I hear you. And uh, but it was crazy. I, I, like so, I'm just like my face. is... Just, I, I, I mean, my face. I, the the video footage that chaotic has that, that will never be released um, mm. for obvious reasons. Um, I mean, my face on it is just. Like, I don't even know what to do. Right.
0: <laughs> there's, a, there's a picture of you just with your, your jaw literally – not literally. I'm doing a little, little gorilla monsoon, but it's literally – his jaw is literally on the canvas. But, yeah, you were, you were pretty much uh, – Dumbfounded.
2: I, yeah, I didn't know what to do. I mean, and here, and I, and I want to tell you that like if I didn't miss a beat, and I was just my character. And here I am snarling at the crowdstones. Vince McMahon <laughs> raises my hand triumphantly in the air to show the world that I'm his newest protege. And I, no, I just look like huh what like what is going on here
0: do you want to see what what vince said to you well so
2: he gets he gets he gets in the ring and because you know kayfabe is dead at this point anyways um but he gets in the ring to me and he goes he goes are you the heel or the baby face and i go well i'm the heel and that's when he grabbed my arm and and raised it and i go I go, well, what's next? <laughs> and he goes, I'm going to slap Cena. He's going to give me the FU and I'm getting the hell out of here.
1: <laughs>
2: All right. <laughs> All yes, right. Sir. Sounds good. Uh, so then like, the funny thing as I was going to, uh, uh, to TV, uh, th- the next week. And, uh, so I get this bright idea. Like I'm going to, well, I'm going I'm to say thank you to Vince McMahon at TV. Um, right. You know, booked us an extra, extra talent for a, a raw, a raw, a raw taping that yeah. week. And, um, so, so, I, so he's walking down the hall and he and it, it was walking by himself too which was, which was nice and I was just kind of creeping in the hallway and I go uh, Mr. McMahon and he kind of looks at me and, and, and I go I just wanted to say thank you I, I was in the ring with you on the, like the independent show you did last week he goes you're welcome and just keeps walking
0: <laughs> does the, does the, goes into the full McMahon strut you're welcome
2: <laughs> 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 and, at, and, at that, and at that moment, it was, oh, so I'm not going to get a contract out of this. <laughs> I, I, hey, I want to point out, Mike, the one yes, thing that you yes. forgot to talk about with the, with the both of us here is right. that we are indeed former WWE superstars.
0: Oh yes, we are.
2: Uh, we're, we're, we were part of um, probably, I would say, one of the greatest factions in pro wrestling history. One that's never, it's never broken up. Uh, you don't see it often. It's very special when it comes out. Uh, led by one of the all-time legends of the business. Oh who our yes, pro, you know we are former WWE superstars. The, the druids. druids. <laughs> yes, yes indeed. So uh you know if anybody wants to book us out there, you know, uh we can be had for uh, a nominal
0: fee. Well, as long as the, <laughs> as long as they don't see the footage because it was it was the most uh, we we uh, brought a um a casket down to the ring and it was the most crooked casket <laughs> uh presentation. <laughs> In WWE history.
2: Oh, what year was that? It was Survivor Series what year? Was it
0: Survivor Series? Or was it, or was
2: it SummerSlam? I, don't think I, was, it, I think it was Survivor Series. I feel like it was a Survivor Series. Yeah, I I, it was I, the I, big show versus The Undertaker in a casket right. match.
0: And I, to be honest with you, I think it might have been me. I, <laughs> I, I might have been pushing it. The, I, was at the, I was at the, the. if you're looking at it from the bottom of the aisle, I was the back right. And I think it might have been me. I was like, whoa, what is, <laughs> what's going on with this thing? and it, it was it, it came down like at a 45 degree angle instead of you know instead of straight down the um down the ramp and it was yeah it looked pretty terrible in the Do you remember how many
2: caskets there were Mike?
0: There were uh two caskets. <laughs> because uh one one Pat Patterson had uh made sure that, to uh, Double check that we were aware that they were uh, two Cascades certainly for the match.
2: And uh, just so, you know, Mike would be a little bit harder to prove that he was indeed uh, one of them. But uh, <laughs> but if you go back and watch the uh, watch the footage, um, what you year know this? Uh, boy sometime in uh, 2011, 2012, that 2013, recently? somewhere. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, maybe Google it or something. It was. Um,
0: i i was i was gonna try to google it right now but this, uh... it was
2: but it was a survivor series and um and it, it, but what I'm saying is i'm the most obvious druid of all time uh even so to the point that i'm i'm pretty pretty sure there were some like chaotic fans or something um uh, down the aisle way because well you I
0: mean you have hundreds of
2: fans. <laughs> yes <so>. yes <laughs> sure. but somebody somebody said that's Malonis! because <laughs> like, you know I I think I'm a very distinct person uh, you know body body wise so
0: and we did we did uh, lift the Big Show I just want to let everyone know that we uh,
2: he told us not to drop him
0: yes we 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 did we could we lifted the Big Show up and, and pulled him in the casket We didn't even pull him in the casket we actually just.
2: Lifted, lifted him the up, casket and yeah.
0: Walked him to the back.
2: So it was, uh, yeah. But you, you undersold us a little bit. Uh, you know, we're former WWE superstars. That's so, true. Yes. Uh, you know, for, if you have a convention coming up and you would like a couple of Druids to come sign autographs, so, you know, contact us. Uh, you know, at Brian Malonis, at Crocsocks on Twitter, and we'll be happy to come to your convention and drive up the attendance.
0: Hashtag uh, book the book the Druids. Book
2: the Druids. There you How go. How about that? Um, but I digress. <laughs>
0: yeah. So you were. Uh the mcmahon thing was pretty uh pretty big what about um recently you you lost a uh a match i don't know if you wanted to discuss this or not but uh you lost a match and you were no longer with chaotic wrestling
2: that's uh yeah so i mean i've been with chaotic wrestling for 14 years and that's
0: yeah the, you started at their school yeah the, the, you, the, and now it's the new england Pro wrestling academy and it's run by uh Brian Fury, but um, before that, it was the CTC, the Chaotic Training Center, and it was actually run by the promotion, Chaotic Wrestling.
2: Right. Um, so, I, yeah, I started with them kind of, so it was really chaotic from the day I decided to step foot in professional wrestling. Um, and at Cold Fury, uh, 15 recently, I believe the date was April 8th, or I think it was April 8th. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did. I put my career up on the line against uh, Ring of Honor, Superstar, uh, Donovan Dijak, Um you know, and I lost that night, and my career in chaotic wrestling uh, is over. Um, so the, the funny thing is that first, at first, like 'cause a very, you know, we were very specific. I tried to make sure they were very specific, you know, in the advertising of it that it was chaotic career because I don't want all right, of a sudden right, all right. these people who I'm booked for to think, oh, he's not wrestling. But still, everybody, my phone was blowing up with, you're done. Y- you're yeah, done. like what's going on? You're all done. But no, I'm I'm just done with. Um, chaotic wrestling. Um, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to air all the dirty laundry. Um, oh, brother. <laughs> Um, you know, just cause I, I don't, I, I don't want to, I, I'm grateful for my time there. I'm grateful for the opportunities I was afforded because of chaotic wrestling and the friendships I've made, uh, through chaotic wrestling. Um, but I mean, it's not a great situation. Uh, I won't lie. It's not a great situation. I'm not happy. Um, I didn't it wasn't a situation like I said oh you know what this would be a nice bow on on my career and uh, with chaotic and I'll just move on to other things uh, I actually envisioned I I always envisioned getting the chaotic send-off with my picture next to a WWE logo on the screen and everybody coming out and hugging me and that's how I always envisioned my chaotic career ending not ending you know um, you know in, in a match and ending really on a, on a kind of a sour note, um the bad taste in my mouth um you know, and just being pissed off um oh. I, and that, and that's that's i mean that's, and it sucks it sucks the situation sucks um but the situation with independent wrestling in general is if if you're not enjoying something and you're not happy somewhere then the good news is that you can pick up and you can leave and you can go ply your trade elsewhere Uh, it was under no there's no contracts in independent wrestling and you know I'm able to still work for other companies and and do my thing and just not I mean it's definitely weird like they had a show um, you know they've had one show since it was like the week after and I I watched the results come in on Twitter and somebody put up a live feed of one of the matches and I watched and I was texting my friends and stuff and um, you know but it sucks. The situation just sucks in general. Um you know, and uh certainly not ha not, not one that was anticipated, but fourteen years is a long time to be anywhere and work with anybody. Um and sometimes, you know, it's um <laughs> when when the good starts to outweigh a bad or when the bad starts to outweigh the good in a marriage, it's time to end it. Wow. Yeah. It's a divorce. It was a divorce, yeah. And um I mean you, you never say never. Um, you know, um it's completely possible that I'll end up in a chaotic ring again someday. Wait, well no 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 you lost a chaotic career match. <laughs> chaotic career never match. in the
0: history of chaotic <laughs> wrestling has someone lost a chaotic career match and then returned.
2: Hey, I I remember a chaotic career match where, where the guy who lost came back and the guy who won never came <laughs> back. So um uh, but I mean as of on, in all honesty though, Mike, I mean as of right now, like I don't have any interest in my mind that that door is only opened ever so slightly um and and at this point I mean I mean I mean you know the owner Jamie um Jamie Jimmichowski said all these nice things about me on Twitter and and um you know and I appreciate or on Facebook and I appreciated that and um I certainly hope that um uh, and I think they do uh, you know we may have ended on a sour note but I think I made a positive impact on that company over the years whether it be um you know ring crew to being on the shows to um taking on smaller roles backstage to running the company for a stretch really the you know um and um so i think i think i made a positive impact on that company uh, and i'd like to hope that they you know they took away as much uh, as i did from it um but i mean certainly in spite of the opportunities they provided me that i'm grateful for i hope they're grateful for me and my time and understand that this is a two-way street and uh relationships are mutually beneficial and and uh you did a lot for me but i did a lot for you as well um and if that company doesn't view it that way then that's i guess it's you know that's their prerogative well, i'm um, sure they
0: do i'm sure they do <laughs> and uh but you're here to say that you have not retired.
2: I have not retired. You're
0: actively taking bookings. Yes, I,
2: the very next night I wrestled for for Big Time Wrestling, and I regular I, uh, wrestle regularly for uh, Atlantic Pro Wrestling, um, which is kind of uh, they've been around for five years, but a smaller smaller group in the area, but just a good group of guys who uh, you know just like to wrestle, no bullshit, just have fun, put on a show um, that the, you know that the fans like. Um, Liberty States Wrestling, another another you know smaller group. Um, out there and uh uh you know coming up i'm actually going to be wrestling for top rope wrestling who i mean they've been around forever they right. used to be yankee pro and i've never wrestled there before oh uh, really no never have wrestled for uh top rope wrestling it's probably the one place i've never wrestled in in new england so you know doing that and, and talking to other places and um so yeah don't give up on me yet i uh you know, I think I still have a lot left to offer. Offer the wrestling business, and I, I will say uh, my kind of group of guys coming up was uh, Warbeard Hansen. I'm gonna drop some names now. Here
0: we go. Okay, yeah, ready? So Fair my
2: kind of my kind of group of guys were Warbeard Hansen, mm-hmm. Tommaso Ciampa, yes, uh, Max Bauer, who was who was uh, Axel Keegan, and then Mickey Keegan, yes, in uh, NXT for a brief period before he got hurt, um, and and Kofi Kingston. Uh, that was my crew. Those were my friends, and. To um, you know, there's a picture of us from from Kofi's wedding, and I look at that, and and I love those guys, and 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 uh, but there's a piece of me that sticks in my craw. I'm not it's nothing like they did that sticks in my craw a little bit. That I'm the only guy that that hasn't made a name for myself um, not on a national level yet.
0: Um, well, now we're here at BDA Radio. <laughs> yes,
2: now we're going to explode. But I still think uh, I still think I have a lot. Uh, even at 34, I think I still have a lot left to offer uh, professional wrestling. So, yeah, I'm not done in the ring yet. My my career goes on in spite of the the chaotic chapter uh, closing. So,
0: so direct message uh, at Brian Malonus for bookings. Yes,
2: uh, at Brian Malonis or Brian Malonis at Comcast.net for uh, for all your booking needs. Uh,
0: you will travel or
2: with the Price Is Right, I'll do oh, anything, whoa, Mike. Whoa, all right, all right. <laughs> hey, I, uh, I last night I beat the hell out of my brother-in-law and teased my daughter when she got mad after I beat him. So you know, nothing is off limits, my whoa, friend.
0: Who, who are you talking about? Who's, who's Bryce that? Clayton. I don't know if you know Bryce Clayton. Bryce Clayton <laughs> of the of the mighty Clayton, related to Clara Clayton. <laughs> uh, uh, descendant, yeah.
2: So it was, as a descend- direct descendant, uh, that was his wow. great, great, great grandmother. <laughs> um, you know. Uh, like the kid who points to his wee wee was, was his great great grandfather. <laughs> yeah. Was that a Jules or <laughs> Um But yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so that's, that's the type of guy I am. I tease my daughter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect.
2: She's four, so. All right, so... uh Let's hear about you, Mike. I mean, I've been talking for... Jeez, I don't even know how long now. I I got the gift of gab. Your your job here... I don't know. I mean, here's how it's going to break down, folks. Like, I got the gift of gab. I'll talk all day. I could probably fill three hours by myself just, you know, yip-yapping about whatever. But, uh... But Mike, Mike Crockett here is supposed to steer the ship, be the driver, be the captain, keep me on point. And I, I gotta set say, him up,
0: you knock him down. Yeah, but I think you're kind of doing a
2: shitty job right now. What are you
0: talking about? What? <laughs> <laughs> you, you let me drone on for... You said you wanted an hour. We're at 37 minutes. We're doing all right, I think.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, we'll go over your career. That'll take what? Four, four to seven? <laughs> I'll give you the go home at four.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, <clears throat> I guess we'll get into uh, my illustrious career. um. I don't know. I, I you know I became a fan. WrestleMania Four. For some reason, my mother brought home a videotape, a VHS tape, of WrestleMania Four.
2: To to tape
0: set? No, it was it was like taped off. To, like uh, a friend of hers at work taped off the TV, and, um, and says, This is 1988, I think. I was 13, I think, and she brought that home. My father had like would sometimes tape like Saturday Night's main event and show that to me. I remember like the spot where uh, Harley Race was uh, standing over Hulk Hogan on a table, and Harley did that long, like, fall off the apron. Like It was like the, you know, it took like 10 seconds for him to teeter over, and then Hogan moved out of the way, and he went through the table. So that- you're saying
2: Phil was an OG wrestling fan?
0: <laughs> he was a little bit, and then, and then he, he he came to regret it. He gave me a little bit of the rope, and I just, like, took all of it. But, uh, yeah, so I, I, I got that tape of WrestleMania 4, and I wore that frigging thing out. It was... I love I love that show. That was the uh, tournament where um, Macho Man beat um, Ted DiBiase in the finals. Um, but that that's the my first memory. I know you don't you kind of vague, you don't really remember. Yeah, yeah. See, you
2: you have that moment. You have that yeah. moment of like what you remember. And me, it's just like I just always remember watching wrestling. I I don't have like the moment that turned me on. It was just like I just always liked it. Yeah, yeah. I think I had family. like my aunt or something liked it, but. You know, but that's I mean, you're 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 like a lot of guys. You kind of discovered it. You know, I think you. It almost seems like you kind of discovered it, especially for that era, a little a little later than um, than most people. Because I think most people get into it eight nine years yeah. old. So I mean, it seems like almost like especially for that era, you were a bit of a bit of a late bloomer.
0: Yeah, my 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 mental age, I guess, is a little, <laughs> it's a little. I don't know what the word is, obsessed <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, at thirteen, I found that show, and uh, I I like we talked about. I loved. Uh, hogan and uh savage and uh i liked roddy piper i, I remember WrestleMania five with roddy piper and morton downey jr <laughs> i never really knew the the piper as a as a heel back in the day that everyone loved i like i liked the roddy piper as a baby face <laughs> when he came back and brother brother rodney <laughs> <laughs> yes, <exactly. laughs> with brother love yeah uh but yeah i loved piper and uh, the heart foundation stuff like that but um this is a weird story I've never really talked about that you probably don't know. Oh. I uh, how I kind of came to be around wrestling was. Do you ever um, like in the in the Pro Wrestling Illustrated uh, see the IWA, the Imaginary Wrestling Association?
2: <laughs> I vaguely remember these in the old like the old like PW uh, Pro Wrestling Insider like those magazines. Yeah, like...
0: P- PW Pro Wrestling <clears throat> Illustrated. Yeah but um, so I started playing that game and, and it's it's like I don't know it's like dungeons and dragons for for <laughs> wrestling geeks and so I, I would I would play that game and uh i one of my wrestlers earned a certain achievement and and my name was in is in one of like their bulletins and uh I got a call from uh out of the blue from somebody who said, hey do you own this 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 uh, wrestler in the IWA, and I'm like, yeah, and it turns out is a uh, John Rodeo, who's uh oh goodness, an, an, <laughs> who became an independent wrestling uh, manager. He. He just called me out of the blue. I was like a super shy kid. Well, how did he get
2: you like what did he just look you up like in the yeah. in the yellow pages type Basically, thing? Basically, yeah. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean before the age of the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He found he found yeah. a way. I mean, yeah,
2: how many of our listeners don't even know what the yellow pages are? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but so he he called me and uh, like I was like a I would have never done it cuz I was like a super shy to myself kid and so he he kind of like just started talking to me about wrestling and then I started to grow this little group of wrestling fans he he went to high school with another guy who ended up becoming like a independent wrestler in the new england area steve king they went to high school together so i i was like part of their little group and we found out about a show an independent wrestling show like like you said like you didn't know about independent wrestling i didn't know either until this is like i think 91 uh, there was a Wrestling show in Gardner, Massachusetts, at an was it was Ice it a Kowalski ring. show? It or? was yeah. And the main event was Superfly Jimmy Snuka versus Perry Saturn. And this is Perry Saturn before He went this is like to pre
2: pre ECW Perry every, yeah, pre
0: everything Perry Saturn. But he was like the uh, the can't miss talent at the time. At a uh, that that came out of Kowalski school.
2: Now, did he have uh, Did he have hair at this point? Did he have like the he awkward did.
0: like haircut? No, he had the he had the, yeah he had long hair and he came out with a, a cowboy hat on and and um. <laughs> and, um Chaps, and he called himself the Iron Horseman. So he's basically, like, he's like a biker. So he but,
2: was, was, he, was he the Iron Horseman Perry Saturn, or yes. just the Iron? So the he Iron was always Perry Saturn, didn't yeah. have like, he's yeah. not like Triple H with like terror, the Terrorizing name or anything No, like that. yeah,
0: he's, he's Perry Saturn. And um, so we went, went to that show, like a group of us, and we decided, uh, okay, I got to go something else now. This is, uh, at, around this time too, there was a, a local TV show that did a segment on Kilikowalski's school. And I had recorded that and I like showed it to John and Steve and stuff like that and we'd watch it over and over again. And you know, it was it was like an inside look at it. Was Walls this the East one like State. Rich
2: Lannon recently yes. just put on the internet on YouTube? Yeah. Recently yeah. shared. Okay. And,
0: and it was um and the the one guy that stuck out, out to us was uh Tony Roy. They 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 interviewed him and he um just the way he was, he was like, oh, hey. And, and like, he go, oh, I mean, um, you know, uh, Walter was like, oh, jeesh. And he said, jeesh. He said, <laughs> and so we would always like, we'd always talk about, you know, oh, jeesh and stuff like that. So we kind of became like, the, we kind of built this Tony Roy up in our head. So when we went to this first indie show and we found out, oh, Tony Roy is going to be there too. We got these shirts made that said Roy's Boys. <laughs> Which can I've be, seen these can, pictures, which can be interpreted a number of different ways. But we were very, we we're very, you know, we we're very innocent. Uh, not that wrong high with school that. kids at the time. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> not, not that there's anything wrong with that. But we we're uh, we we're high school kids. I was uh, sixteen or seventeen, and we went to this show, and we. We wore these shirts. I think it turned out the group expanded from me, Steve, and John to some friends of theirs. It was probably like seven or eight of us that like kind of caravaned down to Gardner. This is like Western Mass to the show, and um, I don't know. We 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 like kind of placed ourselves strategically in the crowd. We were kind of like knew, you know, we we kind of thought we were like we kind of knew that we wanted to. We didn't want to take away the show. Like, some, sometimes these days you see, like, fans that want to, like, make it about themselves.
2: Like the Raw after uh, yeah, my, yeah, raw yeah. after WrestleMania crowd.
0: So our idea was we would, like, plan ourselves all around the the little venue. And we'd, you know, cheer for the good guys and boo the bad guys and kind of try to help the... Uh, you know, help the show out as best as best we could. Why don't, why don't you cheer for the better workers though? No, 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 no. no. What's a worker? We were we <laughs> uh, very uh naive at the time. And um uh, so we did this and we kind of got noticed by some of the guys on the show and we met Tony after the show and he was very nice to us and very gracious and actually um I don't know, would like kind of kind of like uh took us in almost as like his buddies and like shared information with us that you know, probably more than we, than was shared with fans back in the days like kind of pre everyone hopping on the internet and knowing everything about Tony the Roy. Is a, Tony Roy's like.
2: a great guy. I mean He's I very, very, I've so, yeah, i yeah, had some interactions with Tony over the years, wrestled him I think a couple of times. Tony Tony's a great guy. Ironically, uh yesterday I was just fishing around on the network, I watched Rocky Maivia versus uh versus Tony Roy uh and, was uh, that from uh, like a
0: little more La or something was, like that?
2: No, it was a Raw taping with with like the big set. Raw, Rocky Maivia was the Intercontinental champ. And during the match, out came uh, the Iron Sheik and Bob Backlund with uh, Quang. Or was it Quang? No, it was uh, the Sultan. Ah, uh, uh, yes. It was leading up to WrestleMania 13. But just funny, I, I I saw that match yesterday with Tony Roy.
0: Yeah, that's and that's another thing that made Tony that kind of like uh – like a legend in our eyes, is that you? You always saw him at the TV tapings. And Notori-
2: notorious jobber uh, to the stars. Right, right, right. Yeah, he was.
0: Yeah, he was. You always saw him, and that kind of just built him up in our heads. And when we saw him, he was such a nice guy, and kind of took us in, and kind of taught us a couple of things about wrestling and stuff like that. It was it was great. And eventually, um, Walter noticed. Us. We, we, we'd gone to a number of shows as the Roy's Boys. And how,
2: how often were these now ba- back at that point in time?
0: They probably, probably did like a good three to... Maybe like three shows a month maybe. All
2: right. So I mean and, so, and, I mean, even more than like some of the local promotions now than it was yeah, more and, often.
0: And, and these weren't at like local armories with like 100 or 200 people. These were all sold shows. I don't know if people are, are, understand what that means exactly. But shows that are promoted by organizations and they they give they would give Walter an allotment of cash and say here put together a show it, it was it wasn't like he he had to book the venue and then hopefully make money to pay everybody he he was given a flat fee and book, book Book names, book talents, and we'll fill the venue. The the, you know, the building fill the venue. So it was. It was these all, are the
2: days of when they would use like telemarketers to, right, to sell right, right. the exactly. tickets and exactly. whatnot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you for telemarketers. <laughs> um, and it would be, and they, these were all like high school gyms and stuff like that. And they would they would bang them out, filled with people. And a lot of the times he would use like current WWE names. So like he'd use like one one loop. He had Adam Bomb versus King Kong Bundy, or both guys that were on. WWF TV at that time they would just like give walk to these guys who weren't who were like mid-card they weren't like the top I, names. I recently
2: I don't know if you heard it uh, uh, Mick Foley talking about it and I forget where I heard him talking about it, it was on some, some other podcast um, but talking about how they could just take independent bookings uh during, like his time with WWE, when and he was like on top he talked about how he was about to main he was main eventing a pay-per-view with austin on like a sunday and he had an independent booking he took on like the saturday before so it was kind of a crazy time that's yeah that's you know kind of a crazy time where these guys could pop up on on um you know, an independent show. Yeah, that
0: sounds weird, that late. That, that was like, what, late 90s, that, Yeah, 70, that was, yeah, that was like 70s, late 90s. Like he, um,
2: but yeah, again, very recently uh, heard that. Your your cat here is not going to attack me, Michael, is it?
0: No, no, she's uh, she's very polite. But she, you might hear some uh, meowing in the background. She's, uh, she likes, she's very interested in yes, your stories. Yes, yes. Any, anyway, uh, so... The Roy's boys, Walter noticed, the Roy, Walter Killer Kowalski noticed the uh, Roy's boys and actually said, hey, we want, we want to have you on an upcoming show. We want uh, the heel who, is, who uh, Tony Roy is feuding with, which is Perry, Perry Saturn. We want to uh, have Perry bump some of you guys. So why don't you guys come to the school and we'll teach you how to bump and stuff like that. And then on this upcoming show that we have – you know, we'll have a nice little spot and, you know, the the, the people go crazy. So that's kind of – I was 17, I think, and John and Steve were 18. So, like, Walter had a pretty strict policy. you had to be 18 at the time. I don't know. I think that kind of uh, – They relaxed Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. But – and plus, I, did, I mean, I didn't have the money – to actually sign up. But once Steve and John got in the ring, they were like, once they, once they taught him how to bump and stuff like that, they, you know, they wanted more, they wanted more. So they ended up both signing up at the school. John is a manager, John Rodeo, and Steve King is a wrestler. And then, so the Roy's Boys thing kind of got us in noticed, got us in the door. And so I, when it came to me, I was just basically like the fly on the wall where Steve, <laughs> like, and that's kind of the position I... Tend to like to be in almost like <laughs> kind of like the the you know the guy on the corner just kind of watching what's going on because you know I, like I said I was always shy and reserved and kind of nervous so that's kind of what I did I, I would drive go to all the shows with them I'd bring my big bulky camcorder with the, uh, you, know, the you know you load in the full size VHS oh, tape and I would <laughs> I would tape all their matches and you know they'd tell me what happened backstage and they'd share all like the secrets of pro wrestling with me. And so I kind of knew what was going on and all this stuff. So I was I would be around when, when Triple H came through. Was
2: I was just going like, to ask you, where, where's, where is Triple H, you know, slash terrorizing at this point? Cause I know, cause I know John Rodeo managed him at one point. So right. if he's just breaking in, is Triple H. Like, is he, is he training? Like when you guys are going to the school there to learn, you know, the guys learn how to bump and whatnot. Well, where is Triple H there? Is he a student at the I, time? I
0: think he was, I mean, uh, the timeline's a little fuzzy. I, uh, the thing I know is that Triple H debuted in November of 92, I think, in a show in Vermont. It wasn't a Kowalski show, but it was a show in Burlington, Vermont. And I and I drove up to that show with, uh, actually, I didn't drive, but Steve was always the driver because I, I didn't have my license, but... Steve and John and I was kinda he had like a little Geo Metro, I think it was. And I was like it was a two seater with a little thing (laughs) in the back and I was crunched into the into the back.
2: So you were at the you were at the professional wrestling debut of of Triple H. That's that's pretty cool.
0: That um that DVD that he that he put out that has that the his first match on it, that's that's the uh, match I was at and I believe I was sitting Right in in a row. I'm not sure who exactly taped it that he has the tape of. I think a, a pal of his. But I think we were like we were on the first row balcony, and I think I was in that sitting right near where that was recorded. But anyway, I don't know what that. Well, I mean, that's a pretty. That's a. Pretty, I mean, uh,
2: just. I mean, again, it doesn't. I guess it's not part of your story. But that's pretty. That's something pretty significant and pretty cool to be. You know, be there for. I mean, Triple H obviously one of the legendary names of the professional wrestling industry, a guy who's probably going to run WWE someday, and you were there for uh, his professional wrestling debut. So and that's... again, he
0: he <laughs> probably has – I I know he has no idea of who I am, and he might, like if I walked by, he might have given me a second glance, but he probably you know long – doesn't know what the hell I am. Let's just leave it that way. <laughs> anyway, um, so I would, I would, I was on the outskirts for a long time and then um, I went to college and kind of would come in and out. But after college, I uh, I would still go to Kowalski school. I, you went to Kowalski's a number of times. I would still go to Kowalski's school sometimes and I would end up getting a ring and refereeing and stuff like that. Um, so I bought a referee shirt just to have, just in case. And... I, there were rumblings that um, John had actually John Rodeo had actually started with Tony Rumble's group. I said rumblings. Yeah. 20, <laughs> start, he started with Tony Rumble's group, which was kind of uh, controversial at that time because anyone who worked for Kowalski, you couldn't really work anywhere else. But John kind of opened that door where he started working for, rum, for Rumble, and he didn't burn the bridge with Kowalski. I don't know. What, I don't know what it was, but for some reason. Uh, John was able to do that and still keep the ties with Kowalski and then Kowalski kind of relaxed that rule a little bit more and more of Kowalski's guys started showing up on rumble shows so there were rumblings that they needed a referee and I showed up to I believe it was Bellingham High School and uh, had my first had my first match as a referee, and my first show took an unscheduled bump. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, punched in the face by a, by a wrestler, and then I had no idea it was coming, and, uh, you know, sold it like a champ, and uh, got dragged out of there. I think I, I, ripped my, uh, I ripped my pants on the stairs as I was, as I was dragged out of the ring. But um that was that and uh
2: Now do you have any idea what you were you were doing at that point? Had you had any kind of training as a referee or was it just like just kinda of mimicking what you saw?
0: Kinda of mimicking what I saw in the stuff I would do at Kowalski's. I just kind of yeah, I mean I'm officially like trained and I never paid any money to anyone to train so I uh I mean I I guess I lucked out that way. But yeah, it was a lot of it was. I, I got I mean, to be
2: honest. Somebody and I and I ran the chaotic school for a bit, and, I, and there would be people come. They there were a couple people who paid money to like train as a referee, and I and I got to tell you, what a rip off! I mean, that's <laughs> one of those things like it should be like an apprentice thing or something. Like, yeah, I, and I know, know, I
0: know. I know uh, uh, Todd Sinclair, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Fat Pants. He he was he was always an advocate of telling people to sign up at a school and train as a wrestler, so you'd know. Like, uh, about the bumping, and you know, and you kind of get a feel of what it takes to put together a match so you can be a, a, bigger, a bigger asset as a referee. That's what WWE
2: does now. I mean, yeah. Drake Wirtz and, uh um, I mean, I don't know what is. I don't know what Danny. Danny, he was Danny E and chaotic. I don't know. Danilo,
0: what, and, I haven't written down actually. Dan, <laughs> Danilo whatever. and Fibio.
2: But I mean, he's. he's <laughs> I mean, Danny's probably a, as good a worker as, as half the yeah, guys and, in NXT, and, and he's a referee. Super entertaining. Too. Uh, Bandito Junior. now, right. right? was, that, was, that, was that his? Uh, that was his. Indian, Eddie. Um, Eddie Oringa. Um, but I mean, these guys were. That's what they're doing now. They're hiring these smaller professional wrestlers who understand the. You know, they, they understand what's going on in there. Um, but I mean, I think, again, it's one of those things. I think you should apprentice and not, not. Uh, I mean, charge somebody twenty five hundred bucks to learn how to referee. I, I don't know. I don't know if you can. It's not like again. It's not like professional. It, it's not like you're going to get in there and officiate the pro wrestling drills that are done at a school. Like when yeah, when right. the got when the guys are hitting the ropes and 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 taking bumps like what the hell are you supposed to be doing if you're not going to be doing it? yeah but i mean like todd todd Sinclair took the you know he trained and took the bumps and and wrestled with us and stuff um but if you're not if you're you're, you're a guy that doesn't want to actually get into the physicality of wrestling like what the hell are you going to do when the guys do drills you know <laughs> but um i mean did you never have any desire to
0: no to, I, uh, to wrestle i i think I'm, i think i've talked about this before well not not on the uh, airwaves this is there pilot episode but uh i was like i said i was i was shy and i think this is i didn't really consciously think of it this way i think but i think it was my way like this is the closest i was getting to the ring without being the center of attention and so as the referee i'm out there i'm part of it but i'm not the center of attention where i i would be nervous and but i mean even at the beginning i remember refereeing i like i would keep my head down I, i wouldn't look up and look at the crowd because it was, I don't know why people were looking at me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm trying to trying to be invisible in, and that's kind of what they say a good referee is. season.
2: I was yeah, I was just like the best the best compliment I think you can pay a uh, referee. Uh, and I mean, and I don't understand. I don't I don't know how much people understand how important having a good ref in your in your matches um, is or isn't. Um, but having a good ref is important, especially one that can communicate one that understands. Um, you know under understands what's going on in there um but the best compliment really you can pay i think uh, an official is uh, in professional wrestling is uh, i I know one of the guys um wrestles or or, excuse me uh, referees independently around here um always ask well what'd you see did you see anything and i every time you know i I mean if i do notice something i tell him but most i'm just like hey man i didn't notice anything i said that's a good thing like you, you nothing was you weren't in the way like so I and mean, I mean, having having worked with you, uh, and I'll toot your horn a little bit, Mike. Whoa, whoa. Uh, um, you know, um, you know, and, and no disrespect to um, to Todd or or uh, you know Ref Bennett, who's in NXT now. Shawn, yeah, but Matt? I, yes, but, I, but I, I mean, to me, you're the best referee I've ever I've ever worked with. Um, and again, it's no disrespect to those guys because those guys are, are, are great officials too. But um, when you put it this way, if you're if you're a wrestler out there and you've you you, you notice you tend to notice more you, t- you take for granted when you work with a good referee and you tend to notice more when you work with a bad one <laughs> mm-hmm. um because a, a a good referee uh can help facilitate what's going on in the ring but a bad referee can sabotage an entire match yeah definitely um, so
0: well thanks for that buddy but um i don't know uh i i did mention that earlier that i'm a, on a hi- hiatus now um I don't know. I, just took on, I ended up taking on a lot of roles with uh, Chaotic, and I uh, kind of got overwhelmed at one point, and I just wanted to step away, and that was over a year ago at this point. Semi-retired. Uh. No, 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 no. Don't use that word. Don't use that word. It's, uh, it's an extended hiatus, so you never know when you might see me again, but for now, I'm, uh, I'm hanging back, and uh, we are... We're we're, really? we're, get,
2: we're getting there, but there's one thing I want to touch upon here. So it's kind of funny that we here we are, and over the years have become very good friends, and um, and now doing this podcast together. Uh, but I want to bring you back, Mike. I don't know if you're. Uh, I think you'll remember this. Um, uh, we used to again. We I referenced him uh, and when I was talking about uh, working for Jim Kettner down in down in Delaware. Uh, and those notorious trips of uh i, I mean i 'm sure people out there remember gary michael capetta uh staying at at gary michael capetta's house um, but rather
0: <laughs> uh,
2: yeah there was this trip um was it was it me you and Tommaso? Yes, and I think we are. We were in your uh, your SUV. Was it maybe? Did
0: you have a no? Little... It wasn't it? Wasn't mine. No, it wasn't. I th- I think it it was... wasn't the time we broke down. I don't. Oh, think. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were I thought you're going. Into no, the no, no, no. Still...
2: I'm going to the first time we.
0: Uh, right, that might have been. I'm
2: pretty sure it was in your old red uh, SUV thing you had there. Explorer there, yeah. And um, so one of the fun things about wrestling road trips is you shoot the shit. You talk you, you, you talk You shoot the breeze You talk about stories You talk about wrestling You talk about girls talk about whatever Whatever um, Guys in their 20s And in some cases Maybe 30s oh, <laughs> um, Talk about And um, So here we are I think we're You know Somewhere in Mass Or Connecticut You know Driving and, The black and, hole
0: of Connecticut Yes
2: And uh, You know the radio's on Or whatever But I start I start talking to you A little bit And I, I notice you you're Visibly getting Agitated <laughs> and i'm just okay maybe it's not me and maybe i keep talking or whatever and and you're getting more agitated and all of a sudden this explosion of you know we don't have to talk the entire time we don't have to talk the entire trip and i was and just okay um i thought that you did on road trips but um and i got the feeling maybe you didn't like me and i don't and i don't know why so i just want to call you out for that
0: well, I know I, I never did. I, this wasn't a fact of me not liking you. It's a, it was a fact of, you know, I just didn't want to talk. And the the great irony is that here we are many, many years later and you pull me in here and, and now you're forcing me to talk. So it's a. Uh, you, you win in the end.
2: Well, So that, yeah. So if you're ever going to hear, you're going to hear some awkward silence from uh, Mike at some point in one of these episodes. And then just an explosion of, <laughs> why are you making me talk about, about this? I don't want to talk about this. But yeah, I just wanted to kind of call, call you out on that. You're uh, right in our first episode of, uh, yeah, I didn't think that was very nice. I didn't I, think I that was apologize. very
0: nice We're going to make up for it and then some <laughs> in this little uh, journey for the uh, wrestling podcast about nothing on the BDAradio.com um so yeah we also we we work together we were around each other along or, or shoot jobs as, yeah. as the uh the boys like bang, to say bang. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we worked together for a number of years so we uh and then we both uh moved on to our separate uh corporate careers or whatever
2: i just wrestle mike i don't know what you're talking oh, about i just but any- wrestle
0: but anyway we no longer work together so uh so I guess we miss each other so much that we had to come together and uh do the wrestling podcast Three about nothing. 90, <laughs> and it feels so good. Perfect. <laughs> so that's uh that's that's us, I guess. Um we are like running way well, over. yeah, our we time. Origi-
2: yeah, we originally talked about like, oh we're gonna you know, we'll do like we'll do an hour, this one will be shorter, but uh yeah, you
0: the, know. we'll do a little short pilot, just introduce ourselves. <laughs> I underestimated the uh, the uh Verbal verbal skills of one Brian Malonus. Uh,
2: I, I think I think this is money, Mike. I think this is going to be. I mean, talking about you know, I I, th- I think pretty soon it's going to be uh, you know these podcasters who uh, who used to do refereeing and wrestling in the in the area. You know, I think that's what's going to happen with this. This yes. is going to take off.
0: It definitely is, it, it, or it better actually. You know what I mean? I don't get
2: a backup plan. So like right. my kids, hey, I need to start making money with this. My kids need to eat. It's, all just, right?
0: it's just it's just wrestling and <laughs> podcasting. That's, that's, it. that's your life.
2: So if you don't book me or you don't listen to my podcast, like my kids aren't eating. Like, exactly. So think about that.
0: So uh, so that's what we're asking you. We want we want uh, we want a little love from the uh, from the fans out there. So we're gonna come up with the hashtag. This is our hashtag. PDA for BDA. That
2: sounds kind of dirty, Mike.
0: A little bit. A little bit. This is going to be the hashtag. We want you to to tweet hashtag PDA for BDA. Tweet it at the BDA radio uh, Twitter. That's BDA underscore radio. Or tweet it at one of us. I'm at Croc He's at Brian Malonis.
2: That's socks with a S-O-X.
0: Thank you very much. S-O-X. Yes, as in the Red Sox. So use the hashtag PDA for BDA and... You know, if we see that out there, we'll mention you on an upcoming podcast. You can leave a comment. You can ask us a question. Or just, uh, you know, give us some love uh, in public, if you will. It's, uh, you know, use the hashtag PDA for BDA. Use... Tweet it, tweet it at us, and uh, we'll mention you on an upcoming wrestling podcast about nothing. Yes. So let's really quick. As I said, we're way over on time. We're we're so verbose. This we're not going to have. We're
2: excited, uh, Mike. Exactly. I'm excited. So let's vodka's f- excited too.
0: Look at her. That, and let's. Just, I scared the hell out of her. Let's just say vodka is is the cat's name. That's. Oh yes, we didn't clarify that.
2: She almost had a heart attack when I just yelled there. So,
0: <laughs> so hopefully she'll. Kind of calm down a little bit. Anyway, so let's talk about what we're going to do on the podcast here. We'll talk about big stories in the world of wrestling at large. Like, you know, with the national companies, with WWE, with uh, TNA. I guess it's still a national company. Ring of Honor. uh, Ring of of Honor. uh, New Japan. I know you're a big fan of the Japanese art of professional wrestling. (laughs) Yes, yes. Lucha Libre as well. Yes.
2: I'm a uh, fan of it all. I'm just... Well, man of many tastes.
0: Are, are you? Yes, are, many flavors, kinda, many tastes. I was just kind of saying that. But anyway, that's <laughs> so we'll get into the stories like that. we we'll, uh, since we're both based out of New England, I'm sure we'll sometimes we'll focus on the New England independent scene. Uh, you know, talk about local guys. We'll probably talk to a lot of local guys. I know you're uh, you're lining up some interviews with uh, people in wrestling. You have a lot of connections in this mm. business called wrestling, and. Uh, I'm sure we're gonna have a number of uh interviews in the upcoming weeks. a lot of them will be with Talon in New England and beyond absolutely and we're gonna have different segments uh such as how about the promo about nothing the promo about...
2: hey I just want to say if you here's the deal if you're like if you hate Seinfeld like get over Because i got i gotta tell you this is uh we like Seinfeld, if you couldn't tell.
0: Yeah, that's kind of the whole the whole <laughs> deal here. So this is this is the the promo about nothing. Let's let's get right into one. Why why not? Let's let's, let's do it. Let's give him a little little teaser of what's to come. This is the uh, we talked earlier about how uh, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. That's yeah. that's the name, right? Hulk Hogan. Thank you so much. How Hulk Hogan was the uh, kind of the impetus for the both of us kind of becoming huge fans of professional wrestling. Well, he had a famous. Uh, I mean, maybe it's not so famous. I don't think you've seen it before. But a promo where he kind of uh, fumbled a little bit. So we'll take a listen to this promo about nothing. With it. It's Hulk Hogan and uh, Vince McMahon on a, on a SmackDown. This is right around the time of... Uh, right after the WrestleMania where uh, Hogan wrestled The Rock. So let's uh, take a listen to this.
1: And you know, McMahon, the fact that I had something to do with building this company just makes you sick. The fact that I am the one that put this company on the map it helped you make it what it is today, that makes you sick to your stomach, brother. Yeah. And all those Lear Jets that you have, all those billions of dollars, The houses that your kids live in, the $20 million vacation home, and whoa, 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 just shut up because of these maniacs. Shut up! Kiss my ass. It's
2: not very PG, Mike.
1: Let me tell you something. I think you're starting to believe in your own bullshit, Hogan. I could have had anybody play the part of Hulk Hogan. I could have had anybody bring Hulkamania. Hold on one second, McMahon. You actually think anybody could have ran with Hulkamania? Look at all the guys you gave the ball to. Look at all the guys that had the belt. Look at all the guys that ran to the goal line. Nobody ran as hard and as long as I did, McMahon. If you actually think, if you actually think I was just the right guy, at the right place, at the wrong, at the right time, let me say it one more time so you completely understand, McMahon. If you actually believe in your mind, if you actually think that I was just the right guy, at the right place, at the right time, well then you're a bigger delusional bastard than I thought you were, McMahon. And you know something? I had a match with you a couple of... I had a... You know what I say right now, McMahon? Right now we just settle this because I had a match with A Rock a couple of weeks ago and you were the one that I wanted to get in the ring. You were the one that I was supposed to have a match with a couple of weeks ago, and you put the rock in your place, brother. You say you're a man? Well, then I say, prove it, Vince. Get in this ring with me right here tonight.
2: Not, not the finest work uh, you've ever heard from, from uh, the Hulkster.
0: No, he uh, yeah he uh, he was in the right place at the wrong right time, and he was the wrong gay guy. Or I'm not quite <laughs> sure. Not there's anything wrong with uh, that.
2: Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> that, wrong with that. Uh, wow, wow! But the, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Was, wow, monster. Um, I, I'm surprised that even exists because those were the days of taped Smackdowns. Yeah,
0: I'm trying to think. Maybe that, is, maybe that is even an unedited yeah.
2: uh of copy that is leaked on the internet because because you could see he was going back to re redo the lines yeah.
1: that he let loved. me say it one more time so you understand me, brother. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. But uh, yeah, that's that. We're gonna. Fi- see some of the uh well we'll hear some of the finer works of uh pro wrestling <laughs> and uh let me just that freaking thing
2: what are you doing here mike uh, i'm gonna
0: turn that off edit edit edit
2: but yeah that'll be that'll be that'll be a, that'll be a fun segment that we do every episode find finding uh because there's lots of them out there there's a the finer of...
0: work of some of our <laughs> wrestling heroes <laughs> yes so yeah we'll do we'll do that we'll uh we get something we're going to call the uh, yada yada TV recaps. We'll just give you the information you need from the uh, the television shows that you want to watch. And uh, there's going to be a segment we call Double or Nothing. Um, we have no idea what the segment is. We just like double. We just like the name. We did the Double or Nothing. That's that makes just makes sense, right? We're, we're it's a wrestling
2: go- podcast about nothing. We're
0: going. We're doing this nothing thing. So we're going to do Double or Nothing. Uh, maybe. Tweet us if you're listening to this, and let us know what Double or Nothing should be, because that'd be an excellent segment if we could figure out what it is. Exactly. And we're gonna have that. We're gonna have so much more on this podcast. This is the Wrestling Podcast about Nothing from BDA Radio. It's time to let's wrap this thing up. Brian Malonis, Kingpin. Let's just uh, say follow BDA underscore Radio on Twitter for more information to get all the best news in mixed martial mixed martial arts and pro wrestling and i am mike crockett i'm at croc socks on twitter i'm brian
2: malonis i am at brian malonis on twitter it's really easy (laughs) and use
0: that hashtag that we came up with a little while ago bda for i'm screwing my own thing up yeah there you
2: go it's your own own, it's my own own
0: brainchild pda for bda and we'll give you a shout out on an upcoming show ask us a question, leave us a comment we want to interact with you and that's just about it for the wrestling podcast about nothing
2: i got nothing left buddy you got nothing i got nothing
0: perfect that's the that's what this is all about all right for the wrestling podcast about nothing on the bda radio network bdaradio.com i'm mike crockett he is the kingpin brian malonis and thanks for nothing